0: Welcome to Focus Fire Chat. Explore together. Welcome back for episode 98 of Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on August 23rd, 2017, on Twitch.tv. Big shout out to the live chat here. Thank you so much for spending your evening with us. This is your host, Blue Crew 86. Justin is sitting this one out due to uh, some sleep deprivation caused by work. Don't read too much into it. He loves all factions equally, no matter what he says in Discord um also be sure to let mel know that we miss her over at twitter at the wind of the stars life is still proving to be a little bit hectic for her hopefully it's calming down a little bit here shortly and we do want to show her some support support as she's getting everything sorted out but from the depths of the madness inducing mind maps we are joined by our favorite gunter the one and only green eyed music lover green hope you're doing well looking forward to tonight's chat
1: uh I'm actually and I told you this the other day is like I'm actually kind of nervous about tonight's chat for a couple of reasons. One because of our guest, and quite honestly, I don't know if you know this, everybody. We have Sir Wallen with us, and he's actually the one who got me interested in lore to begin with. I watched his videos before I even knew who Bife was. And so it's like, okay, I'm nervous about him being here, and I'm also nervous because of all the salt that I keep getting about being part of New Monarchy. And it's like guys I don't I don't guys, under I don't know fine.
0: why why would you get salt for being part it's of fine. New Monarch? <laughs> hmm.
1: mm-hmm.
2: Probably because uh, future war cults the only faction you should be a part
1: of. <laughs> well, oh good. So, We're still divided. I mean, we
0: yes. still got we still got an even division even without Justin. <laughs> well, in the guest co host spotlight tonight, we are joined by the man lovingly known as the lore potato of the infamous lore seekers, Sir Wallen.
2: Wallen, how are you doing tonight? doing pretty good um i've had a kind of a gnarly week uh this is definitely a nice break from everything that's going on i have a uh, jury duty to go to oh the god Ooh. oh yeah so, so get I'm, I'm so st- get a get a book and no so i'm tell. stoked <laughs> oh okay I, I okay i can't wait to listen to the court case about a guy who assaulted a cat or something i, oh. I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh man
2: it's always, it's always something. It's always
0: something. My my wife has been called like three or four times and knock on wood, I have not been called any. So, but every time she goes, she's like, we're, we're both like psych majors. So we mm-hmm. both like, I'm like, she gets dismissed like immediately. <laughs> it's so funny. She's like, I was there for, I think it was like an hour or two for them to do the, like all the dispositions or whatever. And mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, she's, she's like one of the first that gets asked to. Thank you for coming in, but we don't need you. It's like
2: okay. I cool. I, I hope they dismiss. Me, really?
0: <laughs> yeah. You. Know, I mean, they do give you five dollars a day, or whatever. I mean, whatever it is, it's like something- I, I take it back. I, I want to stay now. Definitely. Now. <laughs> <laughs> it's something ridiculous. I I just love it because it's like I guess I like, I guess it's okay. I don't know. I I'm on the fence as far as that, but. Let's run through the intro. Just say, chat, just say you believe everyone is always guilty. That's the best way to do it. Yeah. Um, Let's run through the intro real quick and then we'll jump into the chat. The topic of today's chat is going to be a look at the lore of New Monarchy. I asked Green to put together a high level summary of the topic and this is what she had to say
1: Not the past, not the future, the present is where we should turn our eyes. The city is divided. We must unite beneath a single will. Our choice is simple. Find our strength or face extinction. What rules us, those of new monarchy, is our service to the greater welfare of the city. So speak with the voice of the people, or be prepared to face them. For a true leader speaks with the voice of the people, They will know you fight not for yourself, but for the people's will, and there is strength in unity, and a king of many will be the king of all, because a finger can be broken, but a fist cannot.
0: Before we get into that, however, I do have a few housekeeping notes. In our last chat, we took a look at Strikers. If you missed that and have any interest in hearing our thoughts, please be sure to check out the new www.focusfirechat.com for archives of all previous chats, links to the other aspects of Focus Fire Chat out on the internet, and a growing collection of community articles. If you don't mind, please give us some feedback on iTunes to let us know how we're doing as well as helping us continue to grow. As many of you already know, Focus Fire Chat is a cross-community gathering, where the intent is to offer a week-long, in-depth view of a particular subject from within the lore of Destiny and other games. This chat begins every Tuesday morning and runs until the following Tuesday, with topics decided by the group via a poll that begins every Friday and ends on the Tuesday morning of the new chat. Every Friday at about 10 p.m. Central, we get together to stream a recap of the previous week's chat for those who are unable to participate. Please be sure to also give some support to the other podcasts in the Guardian Radio Network, found at theguardiansofdestiny.com. These include Guardian Radio, the first and longest-running Destiny podcast on the net, Guardian 1, Ghost and Echoes, which also has the Destiny audio grimoire, and the network's newest edition, a non-Destiny-focused podcast, Paragon Radio. Our next chat is gonna be a look at some of our favorite memories from Destiny 1. With that all being said, let's go ahead and dive into the information and thoughts that the community had about New Monarchy. Lorbot, let's go.
1: Query, grimoire, database. Results found. Displaying on screen. Thank you, Randy. Yeah, no, I don't I don't do it the same. We just need. We need to record him saying that at some point. That I think I just. I gone. think
0: at, at this point we just need to record it, and I just need to put it into the intro clip as part of the intro clip, like. Could
1: yeah, or as one of your little fancy buttons that you mm-hmm.
0: have. Oh, that's a really
1: good idea. Mm-hmm. We just kind of spam. Thank you, Randy. <laughs> but since Justin is gone this week, it comes to me to kind of start everything off and. I think a good place to start off is like we normally do talking about the factions is who are the new monarchy? Like where do they come from? What do we have in grimoire for them? And so the new monarchy card that we have says hope will be born from the collective triumphs of the King and us all. And then later on, it says new, the new monarchy rose from the ashes of the faction wars with a simple, inclusive guiding tenant together. We rise Leery of the fragile state of the city's politics, the new monarchy maintains a watchful eye on the speaker, the consensus, and the vanguard, seeking the leadership that will properly reign over the city and return our civilization to the golden age splinter. Splendor, not splinter. If that leadership cannot be found, then it must be created. I, you know, and like I said in kind of the intro, I I get a lot of flack for being part of new monarchy But I think this is one of the cards that kind of just points it out. my reason why is that new monarchy is, it recognizes that there's a king in all of us in some respects. And it's very much so wanting to raise somebody up from the ground level and develop leaders, whether it be a single monarch, which they're hoping for. And if they can't do that, just to kind of grow a new monarch.
0: What do you think, Blue? Um, I I actually was looking at it, and so l- let it let it be known I'm a dead orbit follower. So oh, whatever no, there, you
1: don't say. Um,
0: yeah, no, no, not at all. Um, but you know, the cool thing about the new monarchy is talking about the the king in all of us philosophy. Um, if you look at the new monarchy logo. I, I was just kind of looking at this right before the chat and I don't, I don't, I forgot, I don't know if I put notes in here, but I was looking at it and it's actually, it's, it's a triangle, right? Everyone knows mm-hmm. this is a triangle. The cool thing is I think it's an equal, I think it's called an equilateral triangle. I am not yeah. good with it that is. type of stuff, Equal sides. equal sides, right? Everyone is equal, but it's pointed up. So, and this is, this is an interesting juxtaposition to the concordat, which is a fist pointing down, pushing down. Mm-hmm. Which we know there is a bit of tension between those two, which I'm sure I'm sure we're going to get into. But the interesting thing for me on the triangle is the notches that are in it. So, and I'm I'm just kind of curious. I kind of have my own theory. I mean, I know it's not representative of the guardian classes because New Monarchy is not a. It's the factions are not um, guardian, guardian, guardian factions. They are all civilian fa- civilian based. But do you? Do you think? And they're they're pretty much predominantly all the same, except for that last little hash that's kind of at the edge. Um, but do you think that's representative of the races of the city? Because you know we have three races,
1: right? If it is, why is one of them open to the outside? Is it meaning that it's not inclusive within the? I think
0: actually, it's triangle meaning
1: triangle of trust. I mean,
0: the triangle of trust. (laughs) Um, I was actually thinking that that would be, this is me kind of, again, kind of, kind of tapping into the, the uneasiness about the new monarchy that I have. Um, but I think that's kind of the indication that one of those races is the, um, is the race from which the leader will come. Wallen, I know you might have a connection there.
2: Well, so, so, I mean, there's a lot of symbolism in death, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. there's, it's it's in the lore it's in the game world itself um I, I think the one one of the more interesting characteristics of new monarchy that i think attracts a lot of people to it and it's probably the best argument that you can make for the faction is that they're one of the few factions that actually wants to do something about the city and humanity's current state exactly. whereas uh you know like dead orbit for example they they have an end goal but it, it isn't really an end goal it's just right. sort of an escapist <sighs> mentality and you know future war cult uh they just want to fight and that's all they see in the into the future so uh in terms of the actual symbolism i look at the triangle as is again a monarch you have a triangle and it's a pyramid type thing mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. your your king your monarch your your pharaoh whatever you want to be is at the very top and everyone else is below it but um for a monarch to operate well ideally in this sense everyone has to be a part of the the greater good so you, while you may have one individual leader that does rule over everyone, it takes everyone working together to get to that. Yeah, um,
0: that's I like that, actually. That's a, it's a. it would be like a utopian state, right?
2: Yeah. It, I mean, the the thing that I I was new monarchy when I first started playing, I, I rolled a Titan beta <laughs> going into vanilla destiny, new monarchy. And the main thing that attracted me to it wasn't necessarily the philosophy of uh, of monarchies in general with a government type, it's more or less the argument that this is the faction that wants to bring us back to a golden age. And they're actively taking steps towards that. Hmm. Whereas yeah. the other two factions don't seem to really be that interested in getting us back to that general direction because at, I guess at their core philosophies, they don't believe that we can either get there or it's just not in the card.
0: Yeah, that's... Well, and I know like with Dead Orbit, they, they think that it was just because of a miracle and then Future War Cult <clears throat> is just like, well, I mean, you, you kind of touched on that. They're just kind of like, it's a it's a war. Like, that's what right. it is. It's just we're not going to get back to a golden age because we're going mm. constantly. It's a struggle uphill, period.
1: Well, both of the other factions are so based on looking into the future or dreading mm. about the future that they don't see that the, there are problems that are happening right now in front of them. And I think that's one of the things I like about new monarchy kind of like Wallen said, is that it's based on improving the lives of the city people. It's based on helping build them up. And yes, it helps us, but that, that faction in and of itself is to help raise up some of the city and help them.
0: That's that. Yeah. And I think, I mean, one of, one of those really good examples is actually in the next card, which is talking about the representative of new monarchy. It, Exeter Hideo. He says an upstanding citizen Hideo was once known for his lavish gifts to children and the elderly. Since he moved from plasteel manufacturing to the new monarchy, he has been less forthcoming about his business and less free with his funds. But as one of the public faces of the monarchy, he speaks with genuine passion and conviction about the possibilities of a united future. So, I mean, I, I there's uh, there's so much stuff to unpack in that. Um, yeah, I I think that it's it's an interesting juxtaposition because he used to be very generous, and then as soon as he became part of the new monarchy, he became less transparent about stuff. Um,
1: well, it didn't say transparent.
0: Well, I he mean, he's become less forthcoming. Head. He's been less mm-hmm. forthcoming about his business. So I I kind of took that as being less less open to what he's doing, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, he, he became less, um, I don't even know the word I'm thir- thinking gracious, of.
1: Yeah. I mean, politician. yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, that's, that's kind of what happened. He took on a leadership role and instead of being able to do what he will, he had to think about the, politics of it and how he would look if he did or did not do things
0: that's fair and well and i know you wanted to jump in on that one
1: can can we talk about like his
2: card i mean i, yeah, I mean obviously not not all of your but just the image alone and like you can <laughs> get this in the game um <laughs> but but you know look at the the guy's stance he has his arms back his chest is out he seems to be in a in a very powerful stance i mean again symbolism does go a long way and um you know the bungee art director's think have this in mind you're talking about an individual who views himself as sort of the higher class um typically when someone does give gifts to the poor gives gifts to the wealthy or you know as as your wealth in the wealth trickles down there is some sort of concept in that individual's mind where they're doing their part whether for good or because of public appearances whatever it is uh hideo seems to really emphasize this point that he is in a way above some of this other stuff. I think in the card itself, it talks about uh, the possibilities of a united future. But in my mind, I don't think it means a united future in the sense that the consensus is united. I think it Mm -hmm. more or less means that there is only one faction and that is new monarchy. That's the united future. Everyone's united under that
1: mindset. I actually would take it a different direction because I think new monarchy is one of the few that is afraid of the guardians, like truly and utterly. And we kind of talked about this a little bit in Dead Orbit and how they're not necessarily super wanting the guardians to come with them with some of the things. They're using them to get information and things. Yeah. <clears throat> I think New Monarchy kind of has that same flavor where it's very much so people based, city people based, not guardian, and that it's trying to set up a government ran by the people. I mean, it is almost to a T a socialist setup. And a lot of their tenets, and I know a lot of people are going to yell communism and stuff like that. It's, it's, <sighs> it's, really, it's really, I don't think it is communism. I think that's pushing it a little too far. If anything, I think new monarchy maybe has some, uh, what did I put in the notes? I put it in the notes. Where was it? Uh, historical materialism mm-hmm. or even um, like an elected monarchy type situation where it's still very socialistic and it's in and of itself. But I think that it has a lot of, it's for the people, it's by the people, and it's going to be people ran. I don't think they want to be ran by the consensus.
2: Isn't there, uh, and and correct me if I'm wrong at any point here, but my memory serves that there's a point there somewhere in the lore where Hideo talks about putting Zavala as the head of the monarchy. He
1: does, he does, but he he knows that (laughs) Zavala won't do it.
2: Right, but it, but it's, it's again. I I think it goes back to that that sort of core concept of if it's not a guardian, and you know Zavala is a guardian. I I think Hideo and the other factions understand post-faction war that guardians are the primary driving force of humanity's future. It is not the the bread and butter uh, peasantry that are going to drive the humanity into a new golden age. It's going to be the people who are wielding the light. So while Zavala may never do it. And whether Hideo's intentions are to, you know, say he wants to follow, but really something else, I think that uh, ultimately, new monarchy legitimately means they want to put a king in power, but a uh, sort of an all-powerful good king, not the bad Louis the Fourteenth or Louis the right. Sixteenth from
1: history. <laughs> they want a king that has the people's uh, ideas in mind. They want yeah. a king that listens to the people.
0: Um, and I think the other thing to to take. For the other factions, you know again going back to their their tentativeness towards the guardians, i mean dead orbit when when you talk about dead orbit's attitude towards guardians, I mean you know their base goal is to get away from earth and get away from mm-hmm. get away from the traveler uh so guardians kind of i mean they're not there is a limit to which the light will reach, you know, and so and I think dead orbit's kind of just pragmatic about it it's like well, why would we? Why would we take them with us if they're not going to actually be of use after a certain period? Um, and future cult, I think, uses the guardians as they see them as weapons, you know, but but then again, future cult sees everyone as weapons. They're just, you know, a better designed weapon. New monarchy is actually, you know, and we've kind of been talking about this new monarchy is concerned with the city and with building the city back into that golden age. And because of that, well, where's the city located? it's here. It's right below the traveler. So they're going to, you know, they're going to want the guardians to be somewhat involved. And yeah, and there it's an, I think it's an in-game quote from Hideo. He says, uh, if Zavala would help us, I'd put him on a throne, but he won't. Mm-hmm. So, well, I mean, it, go for it, go for it.
1: I mean, that brings us up to kind of the next item that we had on the the show notes is that the S 38 regal bearing, which is the new monarchy sparrow Tadeo actually says a monarch cannot simply be powerful. A monarch must also look powerful.
2: Mm. So
1: the idea of having a guardian would definitely fit that. I don't know if we're going to be offered up that kind of thing, because we do have some power within new monarchy, or at least guardians do in general, maybe not the consensus or the vanguard or the speaker or anybody like that. But there's another can't remember which item it is off the top of my head. There's another item that talks about the, Oh, it's a votes are in, which is the ship. Oh
0: yeah. 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 The votes are in. Yeah.
1: The guardians have spoken. New monarchy ships are being deployed to all voters. I mean, that talks about being a citizen that actually votes. It has a say, well, which sounds very democratic. But- so my,
0: so my only, my only counterpoint to that is that there is a vote ship for every faction. Because Dead Orbit has a vote ship, and Future Warhold has a vote ship as well.
1: Right. So, but, so I mean, I'm
0: just saying, I'm right. just, just, just throwing that in there. You know, it's New Monarchy. That's not a unique thing to the New. Right. Monarchy, but,
1: but my vote with an or my idea about that <laughs> is the fact that the Guardians are the ones that help dictate.
0: Oh, okay, that okay, I got gotcha, you.
1: All I gotcha. the voters get a ship. I got you. Whether the voters are actual guardians or citizens or whomever, which it's, I don't know if citizens would have a ship. That's something interesting to think about.
0: And Wallen, I know you wanted to jump in there.
1: So uh, I
2: think, you know, we, you've got really solid notes here in terms of like historical governments that are really associated with a lot of this in terms of it. Um, The only thing that, that I would like to add is if you look at Chinese history, um, specifically, in the in the time of like the Warring States period, where you had like sixteen different kingdoms coming together, and um, you know this is the first time Buddhism was really coming in, and, and Taoism uh, as religions really coming in, there was a talk about the will of heaven that a monarch or a oh. leader had to have the will of heaven, and it was sort of this divine mandate that was granted by some higher power,
1: like a pharaoh. Uh,
2: yeah, right. And, and so in in this concept, it talked about. The individual had to be uh, good. He had to be intrinsically good. He had to work for the people, work with the people. He couldn't be amassing his own wealth. He had to be uh, building up defenses or taking care of the poor and farmland. Mm -hmm. To a certain extent, I kind of look at it like that, that Hideo wants to look for an individual that, while maybe not the divine mandate of heaven or anything like that, but can fit that the caricature of an individual that is powerful enough, looks powerful enough that individuals can attract themselves to, and is powerful enough to enforce his own will. Uh, I really don't think we're going to, ideally I don't, I don't assume it to be the shadow council that oversees a monarch. I ideally would want new monarchy to put an actual individual into power that operates uh, sort of on a, on a chain of command going down. Um, but I look at it again, like the, the will of heaven type mentality uh, is sort of how I look at it.
1: Yeah, definitely. The only thing that I would have to say about having it be like a traditional monarchy or like a, um, divine right. Cause think about the Catholic church, for example, which is probably my, my closest relationship to this. Um, the Pope, the Pope is an elected official. He's elected by the, the Cardinal, all the Cardinals and everything. And it's, kind of a huge deal but yes he has kind of divine right according to the eyes of people within the church but at the same time he's not an all-powerful king i don't think yeah first among equals blue said that in our chat i don't think that the new monarchy king or the new monarch in general for new monarchy will be all-powerful and have no have no bounds i guess is it's not the right word, but like in Mark of the Initiative, which is one of the art items in our second, we're getting kind of philosophy and who <clears throat> new monarchy art all together. It talks about speak with the voice of the people or be prepared to face them. That sounds, yes, like you could have a monarch overthrown by the people. But to me that sounds more like a democratic system where the, they have a vote. They have a say a little bit more than just like, hey, we don't like you, we're going to overthrow you type thing. I think it's more like an elective, elected monarch, kind of like the Pope in some respects, even though they're kind of looking for that one person to overhead him. They still want it to be, res- like, respect the people's ideas.
2: Yeah, the 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 Holy Roman Empire back in, uh, like, the sixteen 1700s sort of did this, mm-hmm. where you had elected princes um, from various states. And essentially, it was more of a popularity game back then. But uh, the concept on paper was really good. Uh, typically, it put individuals through a, a trial by fire in terms of what were their abilities? Uh, you know, Could they manage uh, an entire government very well? Could they manage multiple individuals, multiple personalities very well? For new monarchy to succeed in a system like this, it has to be an individual that a people can attach themselves to in a way where he commands respect, not just by being all powerful, but by being wise enough to understand that there are multiple viewpoints. I think that's why Hideo wants Zavala because mm-hmm. in a way Zavala is the voice of the Vanguard. He is, um, sort of our one true individual that kind of guides us in terms of our war path and where we should be going. He has that chorus sitting on his side, guiding him, giving him, uh, like the spy master, and then Cade's role is still to me clouded. I'm not a hundred percent
1: sure. <laughs> You're going um, to say court jester for a
2: second. I mean, I mean, yeah, he's got, I'm, he's got a
0: serious face. Can't you tell?
2: I think, I think yeah, I, I touched on this in one of my Lord videos. Uh, I, I think he hides his true self through that mm. mask of, Oh yeah. Comedy. Oh yeah. You, you know, yeah, he's not, that's not who he is, but um, I, I think the one thing that we really didn't explore in destiny one that sort of uh, doesn't hurt the faction lore, but it doesn't support it as well as it could is the consensus relationship with the faction. Mm-hmm,
1: I agree. Um, mm-hmm.
2: How do these factions operate in terms of the circle? We know there's a consensus. We know they have representatives that sit down and talk about the general nature of the city laws are passed, but what is the general power play? Who has the ability to, to really control it? If I was to say anything, if there was a faction to side with in terms of restoring the city, it is probably New Monarch uh, 100% just based on what their philosophy is right now. The other two factions don't serve that general notion.
1: Well, to talk about the, the Vanguard mentors in general, going back to your point on Zavala being kind of the leader of them, which obviously he is. He's also the one who's most concerned about the city safety. Ikora she is, she is concerned with it, but at the same time, she's very much so an intellectual and goes and does a spy master type thing. Whereas Zavala is literally, if it's for the good of the city, yes. And that's what you see in all the cut scenes. So I can see why Zavala would be the one that they look at to look to the most because of that. Um, yeah. More master city manager, spy network research, bounty assigner, scout. Kate is more than just a bounty assigner.
0: No, but that's what, sorry. That's what he's predominantly assigned with. Like that's when, if you look at a lot of the bounties on the bounty board and, um, the, like even, even with, uh, uh, I always mess this one up. Um, shadow thief. So we know, like we know shadow thief and then, um, Oh, what's the one on Venus that was in vanilla the really annoying one that you got to sit on the throne at the end.
1: Oh, winter's run. Yeah. Winter's mm-hmm. run.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So those both were f- directly from Cade. Like Cade is kind of, it's kind of like Cade is kind of the, um, Zavala's is concerned with the defense and like within like the city and all this, Icor is kind of the learning about what's going on about it. But then Cade kind of seems like he's almost the person that's out Beyond the responsible for the people who are out beyond the walls and being like, there's a threat. Let's cut it down. You know, this is, you know, that's kind of his thing is he's kind of responsible for those teams of guardians that are that are beyond the wall in the way that he's like he's assigning resources in a a kind of I mean, it's not really like he doesn't have like the assignment authority that Zavala definitely has. But he seems kind of like that type of person. He's the one that's like, hey, this is the bounty go get this guy, you know, the, uh, the, bah, 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 not winter's run. Um, God, oh God, I hate strikes. Uh, the strike on Venus with the priest. Yeah, Archon just, priest. Archon priest was that, what was that? Well, anyways, that strike, that's also Cade. Cade was the one that was like, Hey, this thing got real, you know, he's right. the one that's kind of giving us this, in, this information and being like, Hey, this is the next thing that we need you to do whereas Zavala kind of was like he was more concerned with things domestic i guess is the way i kind of view the the interplay with him
1: kate also has a vendetta sometimes oh yeah reconcile. well yes
0: <clears throat> kate kate has kate has a a um has a problem with separating personal needs from professional <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> professional requirements yeah so Sometimes sometimes his vendettas do kind of make sense. Tanix kind of made sense. I mean, Tanix killed Andal Brask, so Cade was right. legitimately a little pissed with that, that individual. Um, you know,
1: something that uh, Wallen said about the factions, just kind of how in D1 they really didn't go into too much depth about the faction interaction with the Vanguard or the Speaker, or actually anybody's interaction with the Speaker. I mean... Really guys, we I'm glad we have some knowledge that the speaker is going to be pivotal at the beginning of D2. That's helpful. But um we having not a lot of information about any of the factions, it's really easy to take a gossipy stance for them because we don't have a lot of information about Dead Orbit or New Monarchy or Future War Cult. It's all very surface, I would think. Which I think is why New Monarchy gets a lot of bad rap because you hear Hideo talking smack about everybody else and it's like, okay, gossip queen, stop it, hold it, hold your horses a little bit. It's fine. It's like, gah.
2: Yeah, but the I think the, the cool thing is that um there is references that the you know, Jay's putting this in, in the Discord chat
0: right now. <laughs> is, Dead Orbit secured this. another area.
2: But that's but that's what I'm saying. There's, there's solid references that the factions are still fighting each other mm-hmm. when they're clearly not supposed to. You right. Know, they, they, they should be at peacetime. And they should be working at least towards a common goal or having some type of armistice, and, and it just it not happening. Um, so it's, it's one of those things that I, I think starts with the faction wars, goes to the Concordat's uh, immediate dropout and then the addition of, of the future war cult these factions have not played nice with each other um mm-hmm. in their entire concept before when guardian were were called risen um and the factions started coming about these ideologies obviously are going to clash with one another oh, um yeah. yeah
1: well it's the same th- i mean it's a bunch of people in a trapped area within a wall of course they're going to have disagreements you can you just can find a bunch of toddlers essentially <laughs> in a playpen <laughs> And gave them Legos fight each other.
0: That so, totally never happens. I don't know what you're talking about.
1: Uh, I, yeah, I'm giving your son Legos next year.
0: Please do. I need. I need mm-hmm. more toys.
1: You need more, of course you do. But um, as far as the factions, the factions they try to create some order, but they want their order.
2: Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's 100 it's um, percent, you know, and, and a lot of the a lot of the new monarchy cards sort of talk about this um, in your notes. You have one here that basically says um, we're going to be the city is divided. We must unite beneath a uh, single will,
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, uh, you know, heart of the order. And I think it it does, again, speak to the fact that new monarchy really does understand. And to an extent, they are right. That a divided uh, unity, if you can call it even a unity of factions or a, a, a congress of factions coming together, not really deciding on anything, is not going to get us anywhere. Uh, you know, And foreshadowing into the story of Destiny 2, it's very clear that these factions and their petty warfare really hasn't done anything. Mm-hmm. Now they no longer have a city uh, to fight over and swallow over. And so it raises the question, at least in my mind when I came into this podcast. Uh what are these factions going to do? Are they going to use this opportunity to really take power and say that the consensus and the vanguard failed? Or are they gonna drop back and be like, well, maybe we need to work together? Uh personally, I hope for story's sake they take power because it again gives gives players new reasons to, to go after it.
1: Well, don't we have kind of that that trailer where you see some people in the city taking up arms? I mean we have the card, the dodgeball card, where we're teaching children how to actually fight a battle in some respects, even though it's dodgeball. With right. Zabala right. and them. But you. it would be great to see the city people take more power. Because right now, yes, it's all about the Guardians because that's what we're playing. It's, we're playing as Guardians. But the people who don't have that kind of power of course they're terrified of course they're scared and they're trusting in these superheroes essentially think about uh, comic books for example what was the the dc comic line where not dc marvel that they're coming out with a movie soon where they make everybody sign an uh into this thing? oh civil war no yeah
0: wait civil war that was a terrible arc but yes it was Mm. a that was um that was the Captain America movie,
1: right? And you have that in um, X Men too, where all yes. the mutants have to be registered.
0: <clears> yeah, it's yeah, that was it. that was the. um I just
2: blanked on it, but yeah, that's also Well, no, it was, a, it, was uh, it was it was it was X Men like first class or something.
1: Mm-hmm. That, right? Yeah,
2: where yeah. They, yeah, it was one of the X Men movies where all the mutants had to register the government and. Uh, oh you know, they yeah, were
1: yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. The Sokovia
2: Accords. Thank you, Contrabang.
1: Yeah, it w- it would be a really interesting counterpoint to our story if we see the people of the city actually stand up now granted it's probably not going to happen in d2 because of the city being scattered like it is but it'll be interesting to see how the factions recover because we do know the factions are going to be there I, I mean i've seen armor for new monarchy i was really scared when we went to the farm and the only faction that was there was dead orbit
0: it's okay it's okay we, we accept everyone
1: <laughs> Oh, you have no idea how terrified I was about that. I was like, no, that's the one I don't want to go to. I don't mind future war called. I just don't want to go to that <laughs> orbit. But um, we know that they're going to be there. So how they're going to play a role in Destiny 2 is going to be interesting to see how they pull the city people, because it is a faction of this, it's factions of the city people Yes. Guardians are a part of it and they help with resources, but how are the people of the city going to stand up after this destruction that's going to happen because of Gary?
2: I mean, I, I think it's a good question. I, I think it, it really does come down to um, hopefully they're explaining a little bit more of the, the city because, you know, in destiny one, you are disconnected from the entire experience. Um, so ideally we do get an opportunity to f- legitimately see civilians and fight for them or have some reason to fight for them beyond the threats outside of the walls.
0: Yeah. And I, I just to go back real quick, I liked, I liked the, uh, the, the conversation that you guys are having about the factions and like how they, <clears throat> how they are constantly like bickering at each other. I think it was, I think it's the best word for it um, yeah. because they, they really are. They're just constantly bickering. But I mean, the thing, the thing that, to me always kind of makes that make sense and not really not be something that I'm not really surprised about is the fact that, you know, like these are not the only factions, right? We know that there are, no. and it, this kind of goes back to the, not having a lot of lore about the factions because everyone kind of, if you're just diving in, you kind of just assume that these are the only factions, right? These are, these are the only factions saying, Well, that's, you know, it's not, these are actually just the major factions that have been elevated into the consensus and I've always Please, kind of viewed, it, oh, go for it.
1: I it's like I think these are the only factions that have gotten in with the guardians. I mean, yes, they're part of the consensus, but if we had other factions that actually had guardian representation,
0: that would yeah, be yeah, no, I mean, I think I think these are the only factions that are allowed in the tower. And so, of course, I mean that would translates into their you know brushing shoulders with the the best of the best which you know again political it is political it's you know they they we do gain faction rep with them but i've also always kind of and i I talked about this a little bit in the episode 87 when we were doing an update on the city but i kind of was uh i was looking at the city like the political fact like the political foundation and the political makeup of the city and i've always kind of seen it kind of as an anocracy, um and, and to just real quick to kind of go back to that, an anocracy is a regime type where power is not vested in public institutions as like a normal democracy, but is rather spread amongst elite groups who are constantly competing with each other for power. Um, mm-hmm. So in, in the so it's so it's basically faction wars is what it is, um, but the thing is is that anocracy is not surprisingly the least resilient political system to short-term shocks. So basically what it does is it creates this promise but not yet the actuality of an inclusive and effective political economy and then threatens members of the established elite and therefore is very very vulnerable to disruption and armed violence, which is kind of what we're seeing, you know, with Destiny 2 is that that's kind of disruption and armed violence when the city blows up. Um and so basically what it is is, like, it's these these groups that are promising and, you know, wheeling and dealing around more so than even probably anything that we really see a lot of in our world in reality as well. But that's where I see the city as being as, like, this constant, so like, you know, in ancient Rome, for example, you had politicians, and the politicians were beholden to their families, of course, but they were really out for themselves. They were always out for themselves. That was kind of the thing. Now, what they would do um, is they would they would do everything that they did in order to build up their family name with the intent that everything that they actually get, they get to, you know, they get to partake in the, the spoils of their accomplishments with the understanding that, that would trickle down into their family. You kind of see that with the factions in that they're constantly sharpening each other by competing with each other. Um, that sounds
1: and very much so like the hive all of a sudden. What, well, I mean, and,
0: and, yes, but I was thinking the three sisters, right? I mean, and, and again, yes, but no, because it, it starts, you start getting to a point where you're splitting hairs as far as the intentions go. And I mean, granted, this is one of the arguments this is or this is an argument for the fall of Rome is that this this type of social build um, creates a a political environment or a sociopolitical environment in which no one is ever safe. You're always constantly fighting and you're always constantly sharpening against someone else. I mean, Caesar, look right there, you know. At tube, you know, like that. That's kind of the 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 pinnacle of that. Is that eventually, if you make a single slip, someone will be there to stab you in the back,
2: right? Um, right.
0: And and that's and that's and that's the downside to that that political mo- model. The upside to the political model is that only the best, the best of the best, is going to be at the top, right? Um, right. And so, so you kind of you have a give and take there. But I just, I just wanted I. I really wanted to touch on that because I think that is a really, really good, good point, and it's a and it's a very poignant question. It's like, what are what are the factions going to do in D two? How is that going to, because there is this this kind of political uneasiness, I guess, or attention. I would I would even say, um, where there's constantly, you know, right now in D in D one, uh, we all have this. They all have an, a semi-even playing field, right? Uh, there, there's everyone's at the top of the tower, <laughs> which it's, they're at the top of the tower. They're all at the same height, and they're they're jostling for for spaces. Well, all of a sudden, the tower gets cut out from underneath them, and depending on where they land, you know, someone might be above the others. Dead Orbit might have a little bit of an edge because they have, you know, like what you were saying, Green. They already have camps established outside the city because they were planning on leaving the city to begin with. Well, now all of a sudden in the resource war, dead orbits ahead. So what? What are they going to do? Are they going to turn around and support the people, or are they going to use that to kind of further their own ends? And I mean, there's there's potential for a really cool political. I'm kind of with you, Wallen. I'm like, I'm I don't want them to do it, but as far as story goes, I could see that being really interesting.
2: No, I I, I absolutely want <laughs> them to do it
1: because it's going to put the factions. <laughs>
2: Like you, you, we. A lot of people love the factions, right? But, it, but to a certain extent, in the lore and in the game, it seems like there's sort of a missed opportunity there. Right. Oh terms, yeah. Oh, definitely, you, definitely. You know what I mean? And so, what better time? If I was a faction leader, say for a Future War Cult, for for instance, or even Dead Orbit, for instance, um, and the Tower Falls, it reinforces my argument a hundred percent that one, the consensus and the speaker can't do their jobs properly. They couldn't foresee threat. If you're dead orbit, it again reinforces your point even more so. <laughs> you know the the, titty, the, the the city is hopeless to be defended. That the traveler is uh, a dead god that doesn't speak to us anymore. Why are we here? Our city is gone. We have no reason to stay. And so I, I, I think in those core concepts, New Monarchy unfortunately is going to kind of take the back seat on this one. Maybe in terms of how powerful their argument is, because how are they from a position of utter weakness going to argue that? We need to recover the golden age now when we don't even have a city to stand on.
1: I think it's going to be even stronger argument because their argument is to elect somebody who's going to take charge and of the whole thing. Yes, they're based in the city and their thing is to be a part of the city, but their thing is for the people of the city. The city itself is just where they live currently because it is the last standing bastion. If they have to move, I'm sure they're going to. But I think it kind of reinforces new monarchy in and of itself that yes, the city has fallen, but we needed a leader to step up and who's that leader going to be now? Because obviously, like you said, the consensus doesn't work. The speaker doesn't hardly speak. I mean, we don't have a really strong leader leading the group. I think it's just as strong an argument for them as it is for dead orbit. And I know Jay keeps Putting in the I told you so <laughs> I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, gonna be so disappointed I'm gonna be so
0: disappointed if there's not at least one little clip of a, an Iraq from dead orbit where it's just like I told you so and like that <laughs> that will make me just happy as a clam like if, some, if there's just like a little clip somewhere but no I agree I, I agree completely I think I think that it's all about political spin.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, like yes, because you know technically yeah, you're I mean wallen you have a great point. you know, new monarchy is all about all this, you know, the city protected city protected, blah, blah blah. but at the same time if if this whole thing, you know if if the stuff hits the fan, you know, they could they could totally spin this and be like, mm-hmm. it's these guys, these guys were in charge. This is yet another example of what we've been saying. You know, for I don't know how long they've been here because we don't have really a timeline. But like, I mean, you know, they these guys have been here. They didn't protect you. We can protect you better. And I mean, you see and, you know, going back to green, you made a comment about this. You see that in the trailer. You see guardians and new monarchy gear in the rubble, pulling people out of the rubble, you know, getting pulled out of the rubble themselves. You didn't really see. Um, you didn't really see any of the other factions in that. In that clip, now, granted, granted, that was a short clip. I'm gonna, you know, mm-hmm. take a take a contra step there. I mean, you could they could have been there, but there was a very big point in showing new monarchy garbed figures helping citizens, kind of, not necessarily rebuild, but survive, like get out of the the wreckage, pull them out, you know, pull them up, get them back on their feet. Um, you know, if they, I mean, it, again, political. If they do the right political spin, they could come out ahead, even though they might not have the resources that, you know, Dead Orbit or Future Workhold have because of just coincidence.
1: Their whole idea, all their all their bounties and everything has to do with reclaiming Golden Age tech or wanting to rebuild Mm -hmm. Golden Mm -hmm. Age tech. So it makes sense that they will argue that, hey, look, the Guardians didn't like, yes, they're powerful. Yes, they can help us but they didn't protect us from everything. Maybe we need to try to build up our golden age type technology again.
2: Yeah. I I mean, you guys both make some, some pretty solid arguments. Uh, I definitely see the potential. I I think again, the only, the only like core thing that I want to see happen in destiny Two is factions take more of a front seat. Honestly, I, yeah. You know I, I I feel that there's a great opportunity for really passionate divisions to be made within the gaming community in terms of destiny of being like I'm a part of new monarchy. <laughs> yes. You,
0: you know what I mean? It, it's hey, it's pain hey, we have now. we have watches at GameStop so you know something's happening.
1: I uh, want one of those. <laughs> Penn, nice don't sir. you listen to that. <laughs>
0: Um, I did. I did want to say too, with you know, kind of transitioning a little bit into the philosophy. I think that's kind of where we're going. Um, it kind of to me feels like part of their reason for their uneasiness towards the speaker, and this is just me, but I read them as kind of being like pushing for an industrial revolution. You know, kind of like the the because uh, they're they're very um, industrialist. They're very you know, in the city, plasteel makers, the fabric makers, the textile factories, you know, all this stuff. And then like you have like the speaker and the guardians, which, you know, in, if you hold those up, there's a very kind of clear parallel with, um, secularism and then kind of a theocracy or, you know, kind of a more religious type thing. And I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm, this is a kind of a dangerous line that I'm dancing, but, I see them as wanting a separation of those two and I see them as kind of like, that's kind of where I get the feeling for, at least for me, for the executors, um, they want to put more of the industrial industrialist in charge because from an economic standpoint, and I mean, and look at their ship, um, what is it? The visible hand, which is a clear nod to, uh, to, to economics. It's, it's an economic policy. I mean, that's that's to me, they they kind of want to to emphasize economics in real, quote, unquote, real uh, stuff, whereas the speaker and the guardians are kind of more of the mystical aspects. And Wallen, I know you had something. If,
2: so so I, I think you're spot on. You're talking about a faction that if their primary goal is the restoration of the Golden Age, you know, pr- prior to any type of political structure they may put together. Uh, the only way they can do that is by putting people in power that are going to be pushers, that are going to be changers, mm-hmm. that are going to be reformists. Sounds the, very
1: capitalistic of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they, yeah, yeah. They,
2: they want individuals in power that are going to do the most good for the entire whole. And if that's strengthening the economy, which definitely needs to happen, especially uh, in a time of war, you need resources coming in, especially if we're trying to retake the city or build the new one. I assume we're going to try to retake the city. Uh, it, it comes back to the core concept of if the new monarchy is going to be the faction that people turn to in this time of need, they have to showcase that they have to show that they are not dead orbit. There is no running from this fight. They are not the future war cult where their only concern is to fight, fight, fight. There mm-hmm. needs to be a government structure that protects the people, builds them up. But at the same time, it needs to be moving forward. The consensus very clearly doesn't showcase that we don't move anywhere.
1: Yeah. I see what you
0: got. Okay. Uh, Yeah. I just wanted to, so yeah, I just wanted to go back real quick. The visible hand is actually a nod to a, a book. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming this is the nod because it's kind of verbatim what the book title is. It's the visible hand, the managerial revolution in American business that was written in 1977 by Alfred D Chandler jr. Um, and it's actually an argument for the – I think it was the argument against the invisible hand of the market by Adam Smith. I'm trying to remember that off the top of my head. Um, oh, yes, yes. He's he's arguing that Adam Smith's invisible hand of the market theory was actually supplanted by the visible hand of middle management, which then became the most powerful institution in the American economy. So it's it's talking about – and there's, there's eight propositions in it, um, and it's a breakdown of kind of – the the philosophy of the economy of that rev- that particular revolution in the business model that was in the americas so i just just wanted to kind of touch base or touch a little bit clear on that that comment by that i made green uh
1: kind of going to spin a little bit away from this but kind of tag it a tiny bit you're talking about american type capitalism and just the just the economics that we have currently our current structure one of the most interesting things i found when i was digging into different types of monarchies was the elected monarchy type concept which i kind of went over a little bit earlier there's a lot of famous examples that we have of the elected monarchy style I mentioned the Pope earlier for the Catholic Church. Star Wars, it's the Naboo system of government. But the one that actually interested me the most is the fact that we almost had something similar. Well, not even almost. It got shot down pretty quickly. But originally, Just a little. Ale- just a little. Well, um, yeah, Alexander <laughs> Hamilton was quite the executor <laughs> in his own right, if you think about him like right, that. Right, right. Alexander Hamilton actually proposed that we had an elected monarchy, which is very similar to what we have for president. The only thing that they did was they took the concept of an elected monarchy and shortened it down to four-year terms, rather than life sentences or until impeachment is what would that would either be the uh, the end to their presidency or their monarchy. And right. though, it's ruling, it was called ruling
0: was ruling for good behavior,
1: mm-hmm. which that sounds very much. So like what a lot of the new monarchy style is, they wanted an elected monarchy, somebody who can lead them through, not somebody to cycle through all the time. They want somebody to be steady unless they need to be taken out by impeachment or by the people or whatever. I just thought that was a kind of an interesting tie-in to our own American history, and if you're an Alexander Hamilton buff now because of the musical, you're welcome.
0: Oh, there's a musical. I haven't heard of that.
1: Oh, I'm gonna slap you.
0: <laughs> Sorry, I, wife. Had, I, had, I had to do that one. Like that one, that one was
2: too easy. <laughs>
1: My wife made me listen to that soundtrack all last summer. I would
2: slap you. Hamilton's the guy who uh, won the duel, right? Like challenged. Was it? Uh, he did he did he lose? He it was uh Van Buren, wasn't it? Beat, beat Van Buren in the duel, something like that.
1: I don't um, even. Hmm. There's a lot of issues with Alexander Hamilton.
2: <laughs> I, just, just what? Just a few. And there
0: wasn't any controversy about him at all.
1: What are I mean,
2: you talking it, it the music. <laughs> I mean, you're talking two hundred years. You know the the day and age of the time was a lot different. You know, you right. know trial by combat doesn't exist anymore in, in our time. You know, I think you, he you lost. Can't challenge did he?
0: Did he? Did he? Did I'm, not, I'm I'm digging through my notes real quick. Yeah, he may. He may have lost. Are uh, you
1: arguing this?
0: I'm not but, arguing. I'm gonna go look it up because now I'm curious.
1: Yeah, he lost. He died.
2: Um,
1: yeah, vice. I, I,
2: I think I think Hamilton's strongest thing, and really the, the founding fathers' strongest thing, is, is wow. You know, some of them were uh, agrarian, some of them were centralists, most of them were national. Mm-hmm. You know, they believed in a very strong government. Um, a new monarchy is sort of that that idea in uh, a sci-fi spin. They want a strong centralized government with a leader on top that is either elected or put into position that can be all powerful, but at the same time has an ability to manage government effectively while continuing to push people forward. I think the, the number one thing that I, I can see a lot of people siding with the monarchy is the fact that uh, the other factions don't push us in a good direction that benefits all of humanity per se. Um, Dead Orbit, to an extent, I think there is a benefit there. It, it, there's an argument to be made, at least. Future War Cult is debatable. But New Monarchy really wants us back in terms of a a golden age, and for them to be able to do that, they have a very solid government structure, at least in in sort of the grand scheme. To be really fair, though, it's not like democracy um, is the end-all, be-all in terms of governments. It's Mm -hmm. just one of the best ones that humanity has come up with so far.
1: And the concept Uh, of democracy can eventually turn into socialism, which is the concept that – was it Marx put? Was that Marx, Karl Marx? (laughs)
0: Yeah, it was one of his one of his many arguments.
1: I mean we're we're talking about a sci-fi system, but at the same time, if you look at the factions again, and we're gonna be comparing factions all night, I I'm assuming, because that's just how this episode has gone so far. New monarchy is wanting to give the city people hope. Future war cult. It's war, 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 battle, battle, battle. They're they're prepping for it in every way, shape, or form. And Dead Orbit is like, we're getting out of here. They're still trying... New Monarchy's still trying to build up the city and hold on to Earth, hold on to what they had, which, granted, that may be stupid, or it may not. According to Gary, it's probably very stupid. (laughs) (laughs) (coughs) I mean, I think the idea is good,
2: right? The The you know, throughout history, you see this, and even in in human history, you see this where civilizations have gone through periods of golden ages, and they almost romanticize them to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. Uh, Rome is a great example. Rome during the golden age was a a pinnacle of civilization in terms of how people tend to romanticize it to being this Mm -hmm. end all be all best thing in the world. But when you really dive into it, it isn't the greatest thing in the world. There was a lot of death, a lot of debauchery, a lot of slavery—not of the greatest characteristics of
1: humanity. Yeah, uh, but our own system is based highly on the Roman system.
0: Well, and I think I think that's part of the the pro- the progression of human evolution in a political sphere um, is that we tend to. In general, if you look, if you back up and you look at a big picture of the progress of the political spheres and the political, you know, growth of humanity in general, we tend to go up. You know, I mean, like, yes, there are there are dips and there are points in which you can totally argue that. But in the big picture, we kind of we learn from the past. Right. We, we do tend to kind of see, you know, Rome is a great example I'm not going to argue there were terrible things done in the height of Roman power that get glossed over. I mean, hell, there were terrible things done in, you know, pick any culture out there that get glossed even, over, you know, even like, even our own American. history. Right? I mean, yeah. I mean, geez. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I mean, the Mongols is another example. Genghis Khan is like, he, you know, Genghis Khan is this like just. I wouldn't say he's romanticized, but I mean, like, you know, there's these people who they, they claim he's like the most, you know, one of the most influential people, blah, blah. blah. If you actually look at the history of what Khan did during battles, I mean, it's, it puts, it it puts pretty much anything in modern warfare to shame. Like I'm, I'm talking all the way back to world war one. Like it makes the Holocaust look like nothing. And yes, Shay, Shay and chat. Yes. If you have any questions about this, Dan Carlin does an amazing episode on hardcore history about the Mongols and he makes this point very well, but, but what, what kind of the cool thing here to me is like the new monarchy. And I I kind of mentioned this to green before is also a, a bit of a nod to there. There is an actual group of monarchs that was deemed the new monarchs. Um, They were, it was a concept that was developed back in the first half of the 20th century that actually characterized the 15th century European rulers who were responsible for really unifying their respective natures or sorry, nations. And they, in, in order to, in, in doing so, they created stable and centralized governments, um, and so, like basically chronologically, these monarchs. When when they kind of talk about the new monarchs, you have John the John I of Portugal's Charles the of France, Louis the Eleventh of France, Isabella I the Castile, Ferdinand and Ferdinand II of Aragon, uh, with the whole Reconquista, you know that whole thing, and then finally Henry VII of England. Who, I mean, say what you will about Henry of England, he ended the War of the Roses uh he he brought england from bankruptcy all the way back into prosperity i mean he he completely unified england politically by you know again kind of kind of one of those things that gloss gets glossed over eliminating potential competitors like i mean he 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 was pretty unforgiving there but the achievements of the new monarchy as a whole group <clears throat> really kind of you know there there is about 6 points that they kind of argue here and it says that they, they limited the power of the feudal aristocracy. They created efficient, centralized systems of taxation. They maintained a span, standing army that was loyal to the monarch, not to the throne, which is, you know, if you know anything about Roman history, that's a really important thing. Um, and then they encouraged some sense of national identity. Uh, it wasn't nationalism, but it was, it was on the way to nationalism. They definitely fostered trade. Um, You know between internal and external so between each other and within their own countries and they enforce religious unity within their countries. So like basically these new monarchs Pave the way to that growth and you know green you you said that kind of a little bit or a little bit ago we have a lot of what we have built you know based off pieces of the romans well, yeah, and then you have the Holy Roman Empire, which was kind of a step, you know, you had the Roman Empire, you had the Roman Republic, you had the Holy Roman Empire, you had, you know, the whole Dark Ages, which just kind of messed everything up. But then we came back and we, we finally learned how to read. Thank you, Irish people. Um, uh-huh. We we got all that back. And then, you know, we 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 took, we pick and choose pieces of your past. And, you know, you do that even in your own life, you know. You know, as as a psychology major, you read tons and tons of studies about how people who have come from just horrible, horrible backgrounds have come out and they're some of the best people out there. It's because we have, as a human, you know, new monarchy kind of points to this piece of us in our psychology where we look at the past and we kind of pick and choose which pieces to bring forward. And I think that's kind of what, you know, I see with, you know, any of the factions is they're kind of picking and choosing the history that they they research. You know, Dead Orbit is the whole pragmatistic nihilistic um this was all a miracle and we can't we can't count on it happening again. Future War Cult is like oh crap. Like <laughs> we we thought it was bad before, it's just going to keep getting it's either going to stay the same or it's going to get worse and we need to prepare. And New Monarchy is is kind of that Going back and saying, look, this is where we were. We got knocked down. Yes, but we can rise again. And so I think in their own way, each faction is very positive in the way that they want. They want to help, but it's just the means of helping that I think is completely different. Green, I know you you have something in there.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's just talking about how we kind of <laughs> New Monarchy has a very patchwork structure. Mm-hmm based off of a lot of things that we see modern day politics and whatnot. But you have to think about it. We were almost completely wiped out in the dark ages. Like humanity was nearly wiped out except for a few survivors who ended up traveling to like the city, what eventually became the city or the European dead zone area that we know about. It's interesting that as a tribal, if you think about how tribal structures build, and how tribal politics work, you always have the strongest leader leads the group. And that kind of makes me feel that that's kind of where we're leading to. It may not be there as noble as basing it off of Roman or Holy Roman Empire or anybody, British, Canadian, whoever. I don't think it's necessarily that because if you look at some of the quotes from, oh, what's his name? The Cryptarch die Rahul, where he talks about Plutarch and all these ancient ones, they don't know much about our actual history. It's been pretty much wiped out in a lot of ways. They're recovering it, but it's interesting to think that they would develop something that's similar in structure to like a guild um, political structure. I'm trying to think if it's, if it's France or if it was Italy that had kind of the guild politics that were really, really heavy. Uh, the they they everything.
0: They kind of both did, but Italy was much more cutthroat about it. Like, I mean, medieval Europe kind of had a guild structure within the feudalism of it, but Italy was definitely—you had families and houses much more prevalent,
1: <clears throat> especially,
0: especially in. Family? What's that?
1: Was it was it based off the families, or was it based off the merchants <sighs> and the guilds kind- and the glass blowers and stuff? Like, yes, up by that
0: I mean, yes, in the way I mean, it's kind of a chicken egg thing because the family's kind of like you like bankers, right? Your family would be a family of bankers. So mm-hmm. your family would be a family of fur traders or of I mean, pick pick a profession. That's really kind of what it was.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um. So your family was known for a specific trade and that trade would then allow, you know, a certain amount of prestige, like obviously bankers, especially in Italy, bankers were somewhat respected and they were very powerful because that was kind of, they, they knew what they were doing and they were politically very, very acute, like very, very aware of everything by the nature of what they were doing at that time. Um, And then like you had, I mean, like traders and, and you know, not trade, not traitors, traders um, who would travel the country and even outside the country. And those were also that was also kind of the f- it, 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 yes, it's the answer. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was based in family and business because the family
1: were the business
0: were the business and the business was the family. Now, you also had a that's where a lot of like political marriages between families was a very big deal because you could have someone kind of jumping businesses or marrying into businesses and merging businesses. That's where you get that political aspect of marriages um was especially especially in the financial political families. That was very very much a very common thing.
1: So speaking of kind of the like a fiefdom types thing. New monarchy doesn't have anything relates to a a fiefdom or a fiefdom that I can think of. Can you guys think of anything that does that? I
2: mean, I I just, I just don't think that there's enough information really in terms of their government structure beyond it being a a monarchy and, you know, monarchs are typically tied to feudalism. Um, Beyond that, I, I don't think that there's really enough information to really say what is the closest correlation in terms of, uh, what these guys are, are about in our government structure. Ideally, that's explained a lot more in Destiny 2. Um, I I hope we get more information. The one thing that I've always had an issue with Destiny lore is that there are a lot of great things that you can pull from, but a lot of it you're inferring. You, you're not right, really basing right. it on any concrete thing. And while it doesn't mean any type of idea is necessarily wrong and the passion behind it is is excellent, I, I think it's one of those things that if we did get a very concrete, this is what these factions are, this is who they're backed by, this is what their ultimate goals are, and not sort of be this um, very subtle information that's being dropped at us, I think we're going to have a much clearer idea in terms of uh, what faction means what to us
0: personally. Yeah, I'll agree with that. I mean, <clears throat> I think the closest, <clears throat> excuse me, the I mean, the most concrete thing, I, I think of all the factions, the new monarchy kind of has some of the most concrete because we actually get the tenets of the new monarchy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we whereas, read those yet. well, I mean, and the only reason I bring them up is because like, we know that the fact, the other factions have tenants, but we don't know what really they are. They like dead orbit. We know like they, they have the one, the one tenant that I'm, what is it out? Uh, our future lies out beyond the stars or out, mm-hmm. out among the, the stars. Um, yeah. And then the you know, future warhold is basically, you know, war without end, but I mean, is that the only tenant Like we don't, we don't have like a listing of tenants. Whereas with the new monarchy, we, we do, we have that in uh, ghost fragment, new monarchy in green. I'm going to tap out cause my throat's about to die. Okay.
1: Uh, okay. ghost, mo- ghost fragment, new monarchy, the seven tenants of the new monarchy one to secure our walls against the enemy without. 2. To secure the rights and liberties of every upstanding citizen. 3. To sponsor the sciences of the city and to salvage the ruins beyond, so that our golden age might be reborn. 4. To support the guardian orders by leading the city. 5. To support the natural harmony of the city and to actively dissuade any group or individual that might disrupt that harmony. Six to hold all individuals, compacts, and alliances to the highest standards of productivity and right behavior. 7. 2. By vote of the consensus, abolish the consensus, and transfer ultimate power in order that the rights and liberties of all citizens be secured to a single sovereign of unimpeachable character. Okay, so I know that number 7 gets flack. That everybody says that, that, that that's a, like a communism thing or like a, that's, that, that's, that, that, that just proves that they're evil and they're just trying to take. I don't think so. I, I think that, yes, it's it sways the fact that they want somebody to take charge and lead. But I don't think it means that they want them to be all powerful. They just want that person, whoever the leader is, to be incredibly good. They don't want that person to be a monarch that rules by fist, but rules with the with the grace of the people involved. But that's just my that's my whole little spiel about that. So people who say it's a communism thing, back off. It's not. No, I don't
2: I I don't think it's I don't think it's really close to, to communism. I, I think the, the seven tenet you know, to by vote of the consensus mm-hmm. abolish the consensus. I mean that speaks to it's not necessarily a power grab. And while there may be a power grab that happens at a certain point, their at least core tenant asks that the consensus votes for the consensus to end. I, I think that that's how they want to take power. They want to rest it through a, a democratic mean by having the people say, this is what we want, not forcing it upon them, but having them choose it. Uh, right. That speaks incredibly powerful for a faction to uh, attract individuals too. Um I Again, I, I think if we had more information about the faction wars, I think it would explain why there's hesitation for, say, Zavala to not throw his hand in or for other guardians to not you know, rise up and overtake the city in some manner. You know, there's there's information about Lysander in the Concordat where mm-hmm. he legitimately tried some type of rebellion against the Speaker. Uh, and the new monarchy was one of the factions
1: that directly opposed him. It was the the faction that directly opposed yeah. them in Bannerfall, because that's in Ghost Fragment. <laughs> is it Ghost Fragment Bannerfall? I think it
2: is. I, yeah, yeah. It, is, it is the Bannerfall one.
0: Well, yeah. and then if you if you are like me and you know just refuse to play PvP when you get put in PvP, you can go <laughs> walk around Bannerfall and like mm-hmm. the two the two factions that are present is New Monarchy and then the the Green Titan Smash or the Green. F- hulk smash logo which is basically the fist coming down I, I i don't know if it's supposed to be a fist but it really looks like a fist pushing down so i'm just i've always called it a fit but it's the concordat's logo um mm. and it, and the cool thing about bannerfall you know just kind of a little tangent there is if you actually go into the different bases or halls or whatever you want to call them uh the new monarchy side has a library and and then you go if you go over to the Concordat side, they're building a ship. They also have imprisoned a sweeper bot. It's very sad.
2: <laughs> That's sad.
0: That is it's, very sad. It's sad. It's like I found that and I was like, oh, oh, you poor thing. I can't even. I can't even get to you. So, but yeah, no, that that was that was Bannerfall.
1: Not to relitigate something we've talked about before, but I'm kind of curious to get take on it. What do you think? Do you think we're going to see any of the Concordat come back because of the Lysanders Cry Sparrow that we got before?
2: Oh God, I, Uh I, I hope so. (laughs) I I think I honestly, (laughs) yeah, I I hope so.
0: Oh man, I think that goes into the: Do I want them to, or do I hope for the storyline that they do? That'd be so cool if
1: they came back and like.
0: Do I want them to? No but that's because i hate the concordat. but do well, i see it as being a really awesome potential for a, a a story hook? yes, which means i i like i'm kind of at war because like if i was going to be speaking from like inside the game world, i would say no, i don't want them to come back. they already caused the problem. they need to go away. but mm-hmm. if i'm looking at it from like a gameplay thing, yeah, a couple nerds play and chat is like you know well, we're getting a DLC from someone who is kind of connected to the Concordat. Also, not very positively. To everybody. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, yes. Osiris is connected to all because you know, whatever he he's he's an amazing figure that should be respected. But you know, we we have in the Osiris card a direct connection to the Concordat as, and it's actually one of, and I think you posted a, the Reddit post that made mm-hmm. this point. Um. It's actually one of the few comments about the Concordat that we got that was not from New Monarchy. Like everything we know about the Concordat is pretty much through the eyes of New Monarchy, if I, if the I Victor, remember.
1: The Victor writes the history. Hey,
0: I, I mean, Napoleon had a point there. He was short and he had a little man syndrome, but he had a point on that one, okay? I mean,. Mm-hmm. And so, and but I do, I did find that kind of interesting because I mean it is kind of though one of the arguably, and we, I mean even that is from the speaker's point of view, so we don't really, I couldn't say it's unbiased, but you know everything that we know about New Monarchy is from propaganda, or everything we know about the Concordat is from the propaganda of New Monarchy, and even Icora, Icora even made a comment about how if she had if she had her way, it would not be, it would like be struck from everything, like she doesn't want even. The name of uh, was it Lysander? Was mm-hmm. it just the name of Lysander, or was it the name of the the? I can't remember, but Ikora has a comment about how she would even want his his reference struck completely because Who else she have
1: we had that happen to in Destiny lore?
0: The awesome Sunbreakers.
1: Well, not only them; they've it's wow. happened to quite a few people. No, Chris. No, Chris.
0: No, Chris. <laughs> oh, okay. I will find a way to bring certain people into pretty much every podcast if I can.
1: You, you haven't done the Osiris connection. Alive. I
0: haven't. I haven't had to. Every every time I've like been like, oh, that's an aside. Someone else makes a comment. I'm like, all right, cool. My quota is met. He is in mm-hmm. this episode.
1: Um, The Reddit post that you're talking about, it's a pretty loose connection. Yeah. I just thought it was a fun thought game to play. And it's I don't necessarily think it's going to be true or proven true, but like we like we've been saying, we don't have enough information about the factions or the history of the factions for all intents and purposes to really be saying anything conclusively. But if Osiris was tied to the Concordat or tied to New Monarchy, or just started his own faction, that would be that would be a fun thing.
0: Well he kinda did. I mean he kinda he, he kinda
1: Is it a faction or is it a cult?
0: I don't know how to answer that without pissing off like both sides of the coin on that one. Uh-huh.
1: uh-huh. That's why I asked it. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> you know, we've kind of been talking about this a little bit. What what role do you want to see the factions play? In d two like if you had your ideals set up story wise for the factions or mechanics wise for the factions for that how we interact with them or how we interact to help them or whatnot, what would you want them to do for destiny two
0: Wallen I'll let you take that one first
2: uh I mean that's that's tough i i I'd say it's it's got to be an extension of what we currently do um but but way more in depth so a lot of the bounties uh for example, it was mentioned earlier that new monarchies, bounties, are resource gathering in terms. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the future war cult ones are, are the same. They all sort of share the same similarities in terms of you uh, side with one faction, and typically you either gather resources, take out this target, do something. Uh, I think it should be expanded to a certain sense is that during the final hours, taking the drive to retake the city. You should have an opportunity to maybe side with a faction that puts the flag on the city and retakes it. Uh that, that is your faction for the foreseeable future. And there is ideally some sort of dig or nod to a potential future faction war after the recovery. Um, I'd love to see the factions take a primary front seat, not a back seat where we're sponsored by them, you know, and, and we're like NASCARs and we just put our their decals on us. You know, I, I want them to see. Like a legit, you know, I'm right, I'm part right. of New Monarchy. Anyone future War Cold or anyone Dead Orbit, I'm against you now. You know, we got to this point with the city. We we failed because of what your X faction did, you know, really casting <laughs> the blame on the other faction. Something like that, I think, would be super, super dope. Like a, a Faction Wars 2 kind of thing Maybe right. a future DLC down the line. Something like that. But ideally, you side with the faction. It means a little bit more than you get loot
1: from them. Mm-hmm.
2: What do you think, Blue? I I mean, I'm I'm
0: actually really and I figured this would be the case. I'm on board with that as well. I mean, we I know Justin and I have said this a number of times before. I know Guardian Radio, they've talked about it too. I know Mesa Mm -hmm. especially. But I think that, you know, going and this is this is kind of breaking fourth wall, but going into a next gen situation, you know. I just threw an article over in Discord that's talking about the whole no consoles aren't getting sixty frames a second because this opens up you know bigger areas, more robust areas. you know I'm hoping you know if on on my pipe dream list as far as factions are concerned, I kind of want the same thing along the lines of what Wallen's saying, but i I would even love it like, okay, so we know the main social space is the farm, right? Mm-hmm. what if we had? Wait, we had a a competition between the factions, you know, all the guardians who are aligned with this faction or that faction, you know, you throughout the week or throughout, you know, a certain amount of time, you are responsible for accruing points by doing different public events, doing crucible Mm. events, doing, doing, I mean, pick, take your pick, assign points Mm. to different things. At the end of the time period, you know, they close the gate, and they say, faction, you know, future war cult, you won, and then for the next like two weeks, I have to deal with your rainbow colors every time I go to the farm, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, but I mean, you know, like, you know, or, or even, or even like you guys get like uh, a boot, like I see in, in chat, a couple nerds, you know, a one on each planet and allegiance to that faction grants bonus on gathering and XP on that planet. I mean, XP, you kind of get touchy there, but. I mean, you'd have to lock down the jumping from faction to faction a bit more, but I don't, I don't, I personally don't have a problem. I've never left the faction that I'm in, but, um, you know, but I know people who, I know people who have, who, who jump from faction to faction, uh, for instance, for the exotic quest item, right. You know, um, or, you know, certain, um, certain people who like the different weapon rolls or whatever, um, You know, you'd you'd have to address that and that's obviously something that's game could be potentially annoying to people who are who are obsessive, compulsive about collecting everything. But I mean, geez, if we could get something where the world actually actually changes. Like actually changes. Like, you know, they're they're talking about like this whole people are gonna come and go from the farm. Hell, how about we just change the flag? at the top of the farm, you know, based off a certain week's worth of material, like the first week of every month is faction. And I mean, you could even call it faction wars. I mean, even though it probably would drive most of us in the lore community insane, but I mean, <laughs> you know, cause I mean, there's, there's so many more connotations there than just the the whole thing. But I mean, like, it would bring, it would bring to mind or like do something like faction crucible where, where your, your control matches are actually, you're, you're actually planting the flag of your faction. It's not ABC. It's actually, you know, the flag that animation is the faction of that particular team. Um, there's just so many cool things that they could do in game. I mean, that just, I don't know for me to, 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 Increase the awareness of factions, and you know, kind of what Wallen's saying, put them in the forefront of like, no, we are, we are, we are now, we are not coming to a city and being a part of it. We are now on the forefront and the front line of rebuilding our home. And how do we want to build that? Right. You know,
1: right. I mean, make them have a pivotal consequence to the game itself. Granted, if everyone's kind of divided up in factions like they tend to be right now, it will kind of be a balance with everyone doing things. But having a faction war... See, I have mixed feelings about having faction wars where it's like, oh, literally competing against each other. Because I I feel that that's kind of a, in some ways against what Bungie wants us to do. Because I think Bungie wants everyone to kind of eventually, even if it doesn't happen in D2, they might do a faction war right now. But eventually have everybody kind of re come together in Kumbaya at the end. Cause that seems like a very bungee thing to do. Like, Hey, yes, we have our differences. Let's hug and make up. And now I'm starting but to, I don't want to, I don't want to like,
0: hug and make up, but I can see them coming back and being like, Hey, I I'm not it okay so I I have Defenders on my mind because I just finished the the season today and by the way if you haven't watched it yet you need to fix that that hole in your life immediately but like the characters it, it's it's kind of like the characters in Defenders they're like they're working together very grudgingly and you can tell like Luke Cage constantly his number one quote is I'm not giving you a hug like every time they're like hey we're a team don't use that word like it's like well, they, I mean they're 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 completely separate people Right, but they but they come together because the the need is so great, and I can see Destiny or Bungie. I can see Bungie pulling that and being like, "No, we know you hate each other, but if you don't work together, you will not win. Like this is not gonna matter." Um, I can see that message being sent.
1: Yeah, and I I kind of get how they've. Sort of done that already with the way that we've just gathered materials for everybody and it doesn't matter faction you are in. If you're doing a bounty, you can get a dead orbit bounty if you're in Future War halt, It doesn't matter what right. what colors you're wearing. What and I I agree with Wallen and you both in the fact that I want there to be some sort of in game consequence is not the right word like reaction to what I do in my faction. I want to see something – I want to see a reason for what I'm doing in my faction. Like why am I a New Monarchy so I can get flack from everybody because everyone thinks I'm just in a governmental –
2: Yes. I was was, was fighting, fighting so hard from just (laughs) – I'm
1: (laughs) sorry. No, no, no. I get it. I mean that's kind of the reason why I've dreaded tonight because we don't see the good that our faction does. We just oh, have and we don't, the philosophy yeah. of what our faction should be doing, but we don't see it in game. We really don't. We don't see anything. All we are are this upper echelon, this social class that is above everybody, that is a warrior class that is separate from everyone. And we've argued about this before, how we don't see anybody in the city, hardly. I mean, the only people we see from the city are, we don't go down there. Now, granted, we are going to go down there, and it's going to be trashed, But if we have more of a reaction for what we do with our faction based on what we need for the faction, have me go into the city and rescue for new monarchy. Have me go do something if I was in dead orbit for some reason. Have me go find something off planet and set up a new colony. I want it to be important in game. I don't want it to just be, oh, you need to collect this many spin metal.
0: Right or if you or if you do collect that mini spin metal like actually don't just collect it but actually have to like deliver it somewhere or you know have it be more involved or even just be like if i'm wearing dead orbit colors don't give me new monarchy bounties you know like have have a you know have a segregation based off the player which i i, I understand that can get really dicey from a programming standpoint but I could totally, well, they, I mean, oh God, man, if they could put the factions in the forefront, that would be.
2: They they should up the stakes though. You, you know, mm-hmm, I, I get mm-hmm. where Bungie's coming from in, in terms of it, you know, uh, the exotic quest, right? Right, right. E- everyone wants the exotics. I, I totally understand that side, but I feel like it would mean a lot more to being with a certain faction if those were faction exclusive. If you had exclusivity behind this faction, it would mean people had to legitimately choose something. You can't get everything. And and I think that in a lot of MMOs nowadays, this is, uh, or even just games in general, this concept is lost, that the player should be able to get everything. He should be able to be given everything. I think that to a certain extent, if you want to tie people to a certain faction and that faction's philosophy, you want to give them sweet loot that only they can get if they're at that faction. Um, and, and maybe it's only vanity stuff. You know, I don't think it should be weapons because you can go really deep into like unbalances and stuff like oh, that. God. Like, you know, let like new oh, monarchy God. gets the new last word or the new thorn and the rest of the factions get uh, bolt action sniper rifles that are terrible hit detection. You know what I mean? Like
1: hey, that,
2: that, would be <laughs> that, be that would, that would be hey, terrible. Hey, I love my hung jury. Uh-huh. <laughs> Triple tap wait, all wait. the way. I um, I really I really want something like this.
1: Well, and, and that, I that's, mean
0: that's fine. there's a couple nerds in chat is pointing out, you know, what if you have NPCs in the wildlands that would react differently depending on your alliance? Ooh,
1: that would uh, be That cool. would be
0: cuz I mean, we have heard them talking about like, you know, somewhat of a dynamic Discord I don't know how we're going to talk because we don't talk but but you know the idea there being that you know depending on the colors that you're wearing or the the alliance that you have because i mean i'm assuming they're going to have something similar to the what is it the faction badge that we have Mm -hmm. to in today's game i mean i I would assume they continue that kind of model but that would be that would be nice
1: right off the beginning do you think we'll have factions at the beginning of d2 or are I, we going to have to work our way into it?
2: I, I hope we do. I, I think the idea of, of giving players the ability like, the second they reach the farm. I was going to gonna say, I
0: think as soon as we reach the farm, we should. I don't think, you know, obviously before we reach the farm. I don't I don't know. I mean, again, since we- we're not being able to carry anything forward.
1: Right. But we didn't get any faction. Of, like, we couldn't join a faction until I think level five in D1. You couldn't even, I mean, you could interact with them, but you couldn't join them until you did the PvP stuff.
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah, because it was locked behind Crucible. That's right. I I, I
1: I, I honestly don't remember.
0: That's what I was like. I was like, I honestly, I'm like, I'm going off of what Green's saying because. That was a long time ago for me. (laughs) I've
1: I've slept slept since then. Because I'm I'm re-recording everything. So it's like. Oh, that's right. That's right. Mm hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. I, there's
0: just so many, there's so many like, and I'm like, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm spoiled when it comes to this type of like the reactions of NPCs and stuff, because like, you know, playing in elder scrolls or, or any of the, the giant RPGs that I, that I kind of go to when I get bored, that's, that's very important. Like, you know, that if you, if you do something, it has repercussions throughout the world. Um, especially if you play modded versions of those games, like it can, you could wipe out towns by making mm-hmm, the wrong right. decision. Um, and like literally like a fallout three, you wipe out a town, it's gone. Like if there's a, if there's a quest that you needed that town for you're, you're SOL, like if you don't, if you don't structure things right. Um, so, you know, it's, for me, yeah, I'm thinking of the, the main town, but I mean, for me, the idea of being like, no, I'm gonna choose this faction. And like as long my, my, my one qualifier is like as long as they're upfront about it. You know, like I mean as long as they're like, hey, no, we're factions, you know, you get you get certain amount of times that you can change factions. Mm-hmm. You know, I I don't have a problem with that. Like I think that'd be awesome. I think and I mean I'm on board with I have I have a whatever item. I don't think it needs to be I think an aesthetic item would be fine with me. But like an item that I know you know, I have because of my allegiance to this faction for a certain amount of time, or maybe that's how they do it. You know, maybe that's how they do certain items is you have to be a member of the faction for X amount of months, you know? Yeah, yeah, I totally or an X amount of refreshes, you know, because I think that's what right now, isn't it every refresh you can change?
1: Yeah, once a week.
0: Okay, so, like, I mean, yeah, like, say you can be, you, you've you you've proven your loyalty for 25 refreshes, however they want to coin that in-game. Here's your reward. You know, I'm done. I'm on board with that. Because <laughs> I'll get Dead Orbits, and that's the only one I'll get anyway. So, I mean, you know, it's like, I've, that's why I don't know the refresh rate, because I, I, I was like, give me my token, and I'm good to go. I think technically I have like level three on Future War Cult and New Monarchy on my Hunter. I,
1: I <laughs> did level up all three of them just because I think that was part of one of the books to complete. Like, if you completed up to like level, of what, 10 or 20, whatever it was for each of the factions, you, can, you got one of the book things unlocked. I can't remember if it was Age of Triumph or what, but.
0: I did it because when I started Destiny, I had OCD about completing everything destiny cured me of that problem
1: oh so here i have a little ocd side story that has nothing to do with (laughs) um so julie has gotten really hooked on kingdom hearts like Mm. she's played more video games in the past week my wife doesn't play video games she plays she's played kingdom hearts more than i've played anything else this last week that we've been in colorado and she will not move on from a section until she gets all the chest. And it's driving her crazy because in Traverse Town, you can't get to all the chests when you're first level. <laughs> so she's been trying to jump. I finally convinced her to move on to a second one. She could go back later and get them. But dear God, she spent three hours trying to get a chest. <laughs> that's I that's right. over.
0: De- dedication. Yeah, I God. was like, that's. Face, face
1: meet wall. Like that's, that's. It's, a, yeah. It's a gamer, or gamer's wife who doesn't play a game.
0: Oh man. It's well, pretty funny. I mean, do you, Green, are did you have, did you want to touch on anything else before we jumped to dispatches or?
1: I don't think so. I think we, I'm actually really happy about how this episode has turned out.
0: I told you latest, it wouldn't be too bad.
1: I know. I I did have to shut somebody down at the beginning on um, chat, just like, hey, no, we're not trashing people tonight. Oh. It's not a trashing thing, but I just I'm I'm really glad how it turned out. How it's it's still yeah, it's a political thing, but it's a fairly balanced review removed. And then you guys, and then I'll still get bashed in the chat. It's fine. I don't care. <laughs> but seriously, new monarchy. Yes.
0: All right. Well, are you okay if we jump to dispatches real fast?
2: Yeah. No. Go for it.
0: Go for it. Okay. Perfect. Here we go.
1: Dispatches from the wilds.
0: All right. Well, we actually got a couple dispatches. Um, one of them is related to tonight's uh chat, and then two of them are actually feedbacks from earlier or the the responses to earlier conversations that we had. Um, I'm going to grab the first, let me, let me make sure I have them in order or actually green. Why don't you grab Millie's and I'm okay. going to read uh, crashes because crashes right. is more, more towards me.
1: Mm-hmm. Too bad. Justin isn't here.
0: I know. Okay. I know. That's what I was just, I was like, Oh yeah, I forgot this one's. <clears throat>
1: so this is from millimeter Mason and he- he or she says, I can't get a hold of Justin on Twitter because I don't have a Twitter. I will try to hunt you down on Facebook, though, Justin. Anyway.
0: <laughs> Do it.
1: If I would have lost the bowling match, I would have had to put on makeup and my girlfriend's clothes. I don't know how well that would have worked considering I'm 6'3 and she's 5'3. As you can tell, there's there was no way I was going to lose that. Thanks for reading my story on the show. You guys are the bomb. And this is in response to. Well, he told the story last week. Didn't this he? was
0: the yeah. This was the striker that they that he won a bet with his girlfriend yes. in bowling, and uh, she he started her. He she had to play three hours of Destiny, and so on he striker. well he put her on striker in like mm-hmm. level four patrol because he's like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make you do anything but he's a hunter and so Mm -hmm. he was like i'm gonna get you used to the controls and then we'll move you up to the hunter because you know whatever (laughs) and now now his girlfriend's a dedicated striker titan (laughs) and of course we had to ask we're like what what was the opposing side of this bet if Mm -hmm. you hadn't won so that is i'm
1: glad he I'm glad he came back and that is what it was. Amazing. You know, I actually saw a Reddit post where somebody was standing on the side of the road with a sign saying, um, I don't need money or help or anything like that. I just lost a bet to somebody like a football team losing. And he's standing on the side with a dress and makeup on. It's like, Oh man.
0: Sports ball. It's rough. Mm -hmm. All right. And his next one is from crash. Gordon. 8,800. Um, and actually I really like this one. I, that's why this is actually, I was, I was kind of debating whether or not including this or just responding, but I, I really like the response. Um, and this is in response to the fist of havoc debate that we had with Zavala or about Zavala, not with Zavala, about Zavala. Hey, last time. That would be really scary. Um, He says, Hello, FFC. I have a possible explanation for Zavala using Fist of Havoc twice back to back in the trailer scene you were debating last week. If we stick with the assumption that there were standard Destiny 1 supers and have nothing to do with the Destiny 2 roaming Fist of Havoc, the back to back usage could be explained by Orbs of Light. While I don't believe orbs have ever been shown in any trailers or cutscenes, and I could not find them mentioned in any grimoire cards, there are a few bounties and quest steps that reference their effects. The best example is probably the Perpetual Light Bounty. Create lights for others, and you create it for yourself. Embrace this cycle, and together we'll push back, the, push the darkness back. And that's a quote from Commander Zavala. Mm-hmm. I would argue that while the orbs themselves could be a game mechanic, they represent a lore-consistent effect, a guardian's use of the light empowering other guardians. In the large-scale battle seen in the trailer, Zavala easily could have charged another super that quickly, lots of orbs on the ground, and I can't recall much, if any, discussion of orbs of light on the podcast, and would be very interested to hear your take. Thank you. And that's from Crash Gordon, eight thousand eight hundred. Um, I actually really like that because that that actually makes sense in my head.
1: It does, but the only thing is, is you don't see any other guardian using a super at that point in the trailer. So there must have. I mean, it would be a really cool thing if there was orbs already there. But mm-hmm. I don't remember seeing any other Guardian using their super in there. And I could, I mean, I could send you the video. I've still got it downloaded.
0: Yeah, no, I'm going to, I'm like, I'm going to have to go watch it again. Because I'm trying to remember.
1: think.
0: Well, and what are, do you, do you know, what do you, what are your thoughts on the, the, the uh, fists of Havoc being, changing into a roaming super?
2: I, I think it's cool, uh, me- mechanically wise. Uh, lore wise, I've always looked at light as sort of being this. Uh, um, I, I hate to cherry pick this in in a way, but like I look at it sort of like the force from mm-hmm, Star Wars, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that it is a, a force that is um, it's physical or can be made physical, but really your imagination is the limitation. So while there may be certain subclasses, guardians before they became Guardians, were called Risen, and there was this mishmash of different abilities being used. It wasn't until later that subclasses really came about. So I think Guardians have really almost unlimited ability in terms of what they can manifest and what they can do. I think what we actually see is more of gameplay uh, limitations than anything. Um, you know, like, if, if you really could do anything you wanted to, it would be the greatest game of all time, but it obviously mechanically not possible.
0: Right, no, oh. no, that that makes sense.
2: But that. but lore wise, I think it again is is just a manifestation of of your ability to do something based on your connection to the light. I like it.
0: I will accept that. Thank you. Thank you. No, no, it's just it's like it was one of the things that like I watched the trailer and that was like the one piece of it that was just like I'm twitching my head. I'm like, but, but. But but it's like, I was like, I, I'll like, I'll accept it. I'll gloss over it because it's really not that big of a deal, right. but it kind of is at the same so time
1: we talked last week. I mean, if you manifest it in such a way where you, re- you save some of that energy for a later strike. And then, I mean, we kind of talked about that within how blade dancers and storm callers use theirs too. Right, but- right.
0: I guess the biggest debate that I have or the biggest issue I have with that whole view of it is, um, you know, again, kind of going back to the, the debate that we had last time was, you know, Zavala is the one that's also teaching all the guardian, all the Titans, you know, he's kind of the men- he well, he is the mentor of all the Titans. And so like, if he is capable of multiple fists of havoc, how do you, how do you fit that in the lore without, Kind of just basically being like, okay, look, it's a game mechanic. You're just gonna have to deal with it. Like, you know, it's 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 one of those things where it's find. like, yeah. So, and I mean, yeah, it's entirely possible too that they could have just, I don't know. I always view that's this is the problem with some soft ret- retcons. cons. Mm-hmm. But all right, what about what about the next one, Wallen? I know you you had that one.
2: Yeah, so this one comes from uh, Infested Potato, Uh, Yep, yep. uh, man after my own heart here with the potato. So I'm a fan. (laughs) Um, But he brings us sort of like this uh, speech, calls it uh, Title Promise of the Monarchy. Order and justice. Under these guidelines and our tenets, the city thrives and prospers. Its citizens, lawful and kind. Many join in our common goal of rebuilding what we have lost. Those who would oppose that peace and order, thou that wish to flee or sow despair, shall be put to the flame and sword. We were called to do it before, and we won't hesitate if the call comes again. As the guardians secure the wall and the wilds beyond, we shall secure our city block by block, street by street, home by home. Humanity must unite if we hope to survive under one banner, under one ruler. Our greatest achievements and hopes are yet to come, but only together will we ever have hope of reaching them. Peace, justice, order—at any cost. Dude's got a way with words. I, yeah. uh, I love like that. Awesome.
0: potatoes. Awesome!
2: <laughs> Dude, you should get the guy to write some of my uh, my Lord videos for me. Mm-hmm. No,
0: don't. He'll he'll jump on that one. He sends. he said, <laughs> well. send, he, he sends us these, he sends us these every week for different topics. So he's promised the no, that, next one is going to be a, a doozy.
2: That's so. awesome. I yeah. he definitely, definitely got a great sense of uh, of vernacular there. I I'm envious of his ability to do some of that stuff. So props to him.
0: All right, guys. Um, Let's, let's go into some shout outs while I'm going to let you lead the charge.
2: Yeah, I just want to say, uh, the entire podcast is really interesting. The the whole concept of new monarchy and the factions in general is something dope. I just hope we see it explored more for Destiny too. Um I really appreciate you both having me on for this opportunity. It's it's awesome to to be able to talk to passionate individuals that are leaders in the community. Um, something that uh you know, I'm just happy at this point that I'm still a part of the Destiny community and I I can still uh at least get in here occasionally and and have a good quality conversation, so I really appreciate that you guys really do thank you
0: definitely definitely we'll we'll have to make sure to keep you keep you in on the on the podcast.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes,
0: I'm cool with that awesome Green. what about you?
1: yeah, um, just thanking you, sir Wallin. like I said at the <laughs> beginning of the show you were actually the first one that I ever watched lore videos for, because I really liked how you broke down things. And then you would do these readings kind of like you just read infested potatoes thing. And I was just like, ah, oh, I was a performance major in college. This is great. I like it when you do this kind of thing. So I want to thank you for coming on here and just letting us pick your brain on some of these things, because I know you've di- like you dove into some of these subjects as well. So thank you for coming on with us. We really enjoyed having you.
2: Yeah, no, no problem. It's uh, it's humbling to to hear stuff like that. So I really appreciate it. But yeah, on, this is this is awesome to do.
1: Yeah. Um my last shout out is to Book Club. I put up the new poll for next month. Uh there's 10 options. I put five like first books in the series type options, including I think I put Game of Thrones on there because of glutton for punishment, apparently. Uh, uh also five of our standards. Hey, really? I someone really? asked if someone asked, I put it on there. I'm an equal opportunity sadist, okay? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm just trying to think how you're gonna how you're gonna get through book one in one month. Uh, <laughs> All right, guys. Scary? All right, guys, read two thousand pages on the first week.
1: <laughs> I'm just yeah. I'm just gonna be listening to the audio book because I have that already. Cause Hey, speaking of audio, yeah, I was, I
0: just realized, um, yeah, I'll, I'll talk about that. So going forward and I'm going to, I promise, I promise I'm going to get better this. There's this week's been this way, this, uh, this week's been a full one. Um, for those who probably have not figured it out, I don't know how you haven't figured it out. I'm kind of sick. So I'm, I'm I'm the fact that I'm able to still speak at this point I'm really happy with myself. Um we are actually we actually got confirmation early, was it yesterday last week uh, well, for
1: f- the for Audible It was last week. Audible was Monday.
0: Monday, okay. My my days my days have blended together this week. Um, So we have now actually been sponsored. Uh, We are affiliated with Loot Crate and um, Audible. Uh, So and I will I like I said I will be getting better at announcing these um, before the show. Uh, So I'm gonna hopefully I will I will try to start next week with this. Um, but yes. So when we start doing the book club, we will talk about this probably in depth in the book club, especially at the beginning of each month. Um, and then obviously Loot Crate, uh, we have that all information all on the website. Uh, we talked about this a while back. Um, I'm trying to think when I posted that, but we talked about it and we got, really humbling feedback and you know, while well, you kind of said that it's all humbling to hear this. Um, I, I was, I was actually expecting like a little bit of like, Oh, well we don't really, we don't really care, but we don't really want it. No, nope, nope. You guys have all been a hundred percent on board with it. Uh, and, and we really appreciate it. It's very, very humbling to hear some of the things that were, that were given back to us as feedback. Um, so, Yeah. We have gotten confer- confirmation from Loot Crate and from um, Audible that they will they that we're affiliated with them. We can offer you guys deals. We have that information on the support page of the website. If you're curious about that, that has all the the links and everything on that. Um, either one, Loot Crate, I think is uh, if for new subscriptions. We get ten percent off for everyone and then audible we are able to give a free month and or uh 30 days for free your first 30 days are free and then we also give there's also a free audiobook included in that package um and so all that is through the affiliate link and you know obviously all that is kind of feedback based on using those links um if you have any questions as usual, don't hesitate to shoot me a question or shoot me an email. Shoot me a DM on discord where I'm pretty much 24 seven on there. Even though green and Kashin are yelling at me to sleep, I I don't really listen to them. Um, but yeah. And then for, uh, twitter for the ask ffc hashtag next week we you guys probably noticed we did not have a poll up this weekend we're not going to have a poll up next weekend either because what we're going to be doing is we're going to be doing two kind of special episodes next week we're going to be talking about memories of destiny one we're going to call it i think it's the final destiny memories um, what I'm planning on doing is I want to get feedback. Yeah. Green. I want to get feedback from everyone. I want you guys to send in your, your best memories. Um, try to keep them somewhat succinct. I mean, you, you can definitely write as much as you want. We love reading. I, I will read every single one of them. Um,
1: we might summarize them on. We the might see. Yeah. We might
0: summarize most of them if it gets, if it gets a little out of hand, the, um, and the other thing is, I'm going to try to kind of put a recap of the episode, or not the episode, the um, the series. That's a tall order, and I know that a lot of people in the lore community are already doing it. I know Bife is doing it. Um, An Wallen hour or,
1: and 45 minutes yeah, of recording. He's, he's that, so that's, pissed.
0: That's the He's on like the third iteration of rendering uh-huh. that video. Um, yeah. Wallen, are you, doing, are you doing a Destiny 1 summary video
2: so i've actually i i have already kind of done one okay. it's like a a, sh- a shorter bridge for, um i did uh i did sort of like the the very important points that need to be covered i uh unfortunately my youtube channel has taken like backs for a lot of the things that i so um an hour-long video uh <laughs> you know he, he's the man you know what i mean i'm 100 percent going to support him but that is not in the cards for me <laughs> yeah yeah it was it was like
0: <laughs> i think that was that was the edited version so i don't even want to know
2: his videos what, are what the are, unedited version was him him and malin have uh, i remember watching them i remember watching malin start a lot of his videos oh um, yeah you know and it, and both their videos- are just awesome, you know right. they they legitimately they are so damn good, so um you know, if they do an hour long of uh, five minutes, it doesn't matter you're in for an awesome treat oh
1: I mean, when you record something, if you're gonna record it and do a good job every hour that you put in there, you're probably putting three to five hours of actual work into that oh yeah,
0: easily, easily,
1: yeah,
0: but um. So I know, I know, I, I mean, I know Bife's doing one. I know Mylon's doing one. Uh, Ishtar has a good, very good summary from Baxter up on theirs um, on, uh, I just blanked on it. It's not commons. It's uh,
1: on the F or it, it is the Ishtar comments there. just is their forum site.
0: No. What's their blog site? The er- errata. Uh, yeah. Okay. I, I just blanked on that. The blog.
1: I am too. All it's time. not
0: commons. I've been dealing with commons a lot. That's why I keep thinking it's commons. It's mm-hmm. not. Um, so they have they have a really good summary. Um, we have been at The reason I'm kind of talking about this is we have been asked to do a kind of a summary of it. So I'm going to actually probably I'm going to try to very briefly at maybe the beginning of the episode go through just like high points of it. Um, but uh, I will definitely be linking all these different sources if they're up and available to be linked, I will be linking them in those show notes. Um, And then following that, we are going to be doing the return of yes. Uh, For those of you who are new to the the community and do not know the, the mystical nature of yes. um, It's it's, I, I don't even know where to start, begin to explain what yes is it.
1: Can you do the backstory?
0: Of yeah, the ba- that's what i have that's what I'm trying to. i like, how do I summarize the yes backstory? Okay,
1: so when we do a dis- <coughs> we do straw polls every week to decide what t- we're talking about. We don't like the host. We don't pick it. We put a bunch of topics up on a straw poll. Everyone s- selects it. We take suggestions, and when we start running low on suggestions of topics to go over, Blue sneaks in a topic called Yes
0: yeah and so this is (laughs) this is a throwback to like way back at the beginning of focus fire where when we first started the poll um we were told by a number of people that they would not participate in the poll as long as there was not an option of yes so in order to get people (laughs) to yeah the chat it's all willie's fault it <laughs> in willie's order fault. in order to get people to participate in the poll we had to add it yes well that was all fine and good because only like two people would vote for it so it wasn't a big deal well then all of a sudden i think it was was hurt was it hurt chain i don't i don't know i think hurt chain was the one hurt chain and, and willie hurt chain willie and uh i want to say it was pot I, I can't but um they decided to go on a full out campaign and actually got yes to win which put us in a quandary because what the hell do we talk about um which basically resulted in we've had two episodes of yes so far and if you go back and listen to them they're they're just basically us talking about pretty much anything but destiny um the first it's one hard. was ebd yeah it's almost like the ebd Part of um, Guardian Radio. Radio, but yeah. So that that will be episode 100, which is when the giveaway will be announced. So the digital copy of Destiny 2 that everyone's been doing uh, iTunes reviews. With those iTunes reviews, please be sure to include your Discord name and um, hashtag FFCD2, uh, just so that we can help track and so that I know who to contact for that that copy. Um, but yeah, so that's really, really, I and mean, that's a long shout out, but mm-hmm. that's what is, uh, is going on this week. Green. Did I miss anything? Cause I'm sure I did. Uh,
1: the only thing is that episode hundred is <sighs> reveal the thing I got for the guys. Um, if you're in the cartet within our discord, you got a sneak peek of what that's going to look like. If you haven't and you are in content, please let me know and I will send you a The big thing is the big reveal because it's super cool and I wanted to show them where Blue and Justin couldn't see it.
0: I was about to say, you're a liar because I'm I'm looking at that channel now and there's nothing in there from you.
1: I sent it I DM'd everybody. Oh
0: my gosh. Sneaky. All right. Mm -hmm. All right, guys. Uh I think that's it. So let's run through the outro and we'll try to stay around for a little bit of an after show. With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of episodes each week, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. Links to all our other sites can also be found with our episode archives over on the new and improved www.focusfirechat.com. Thank you again, Wallen, for joining in on the conversation. I'll be sure to get your contact information up in our show notes for anyone who wants to continue chatting with you. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any feedback or questions for our team concerning the podcast. And let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback on iTunes as well. Also, make sure to check out our partner podcast within the Guardian Radio Network over on theguardiansofdestiny.com. So until next time. Focus your fire and may your light shine bright.